Jeremiah 24, 7. Jeremiah 24 and verse 7. And the Bible says, And I will give them an heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return unto me with their whole heart. Let's open in a word of prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we just thank you now again um, just for just another opportunity to come together, Lord, as a church family, um, as brethren, believer, believers in you, Lord, just to, to dwell together, um, to hear the preaching of your word, and to um, encourage each other, and to edify and strengthen each other, Lord. Um, we thank you that your presence is here amongst us, Lord. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, and I pray you just... Um, and dwell us richly, Lord, with your, with your Holy Spirit. Um, open, open our hearts and our, our minds now tonight, Lord God. Um, let your work sink in and let, let it change and have an effect on us from the inside out, Lord God. Um, protect us to keep us safe, Lord. Bless our time together. Um, bless the preaching of your word. Um, bless the worship, your worship, Lord. And just um, bless the rest of the evening in Jesus' name. Amen. So here, here in Jeremiah 24, um, in this passage of scripture, you know, uh, God is um, uh, talking and, and God is talking to Jeremiah and he, 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 you know, earlier in the chapter he uses kind of like a um, an analogy of figs, you know, and good figs and bad figs and that, um, you know, the good figs just like he would um, keep the good figs and want to eat the good figs because they're ripe and, you know, he would have a use for the good figs. Um, in contrast, the bad figs he has no use for. Um, he doesn't want the bad figs, and he's going to discard the bad figs, just like we would do um, with bad fruit or, or, or spoiled fruit. We would also get rid of that spoiled fruit. And he eventually goes on to, to say and, 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 and comes down into verse 7, um, where he's talking about um, uh, a part of Israel, certain people in Israel, the ones that were, that were um, carried away captive of Judah, and because they were good, because they were wanting to be near God, because they were drawing near to him, and they were trying to live for him, that God would then um, uh, you know, set his eyes upon, upon them for good, and that he would bring them again um, back into the land, and that he would look after them, and that he would build them back up, and he would um, plant them again and strengthen them and not tear them down and, and, and pluck them up. And this brings us into verse 7 where he says, and he will give them a heart to know him, to know God, that he is the Lord and that they shall be his people um, and that God would be their God. You know, if there's one clear truth throughout the Bible, it is that God wants to have a relationship with people. God wants to have a relationship with people. In fact, it is said at least um, at least eight different times, if not a little bit more, that exact phrase that he will um, that 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 he that they will be his people, and that he will be their God. God wants to relate to people. He has said this numerous times in the Old Testament, and it's even quoted in the New Testament, um, where God said this, where God said that He wants them to. Uh, 
to be his people and that he wants to be their God. Of course, he was specifically talking about the Jews and the nation of Israel at that time. But fast forward to the New Testament and salvation is um, extended outward towards the Gentiles. That includes you and me. God wants to relate to us. God wants to relate to people. And right from the very moment um, when he created Adam in the garden, God did that because he wanted to relate to Adam. He wanted to spend time. He wanted to have a relationship with Adam. Adam was the last of his creation during that week of creation. Um, a very important part in God's uh, um, uh, creation. And, you know, we see that right throughout the Bible that God is constantly trying to extend his hand forward, trying to relate to people. He's trying to have a relationship with his creation. You know, and I just wanted to share some thoughts on relationships and how we can relate to God this evening. Um, first of all, you know, relationships are a two-way street. They're a two-way street. You know, there's an invitation to relate extended by one party to another party with the hope that that, that, that invitation is accepted, acknowledged, and received by that other party. You know, we see this um, we see this in the animal kingdom, in God's, God's animal kingdom that he created. We see the uh, males courting the females and that they want to have a relationship with them. And the males will chase after the females continuously um, trying to, you know, get them to acknowledge their uh, invitation to relate. And, you know, we're very much the same. We also chase after the people in our lives trying to relate to them. You know, at times it can be a relentless pursuit after the ones we want to relate towards. Um, you know, in, in the Song of Solomon, he describes it as, you know, his, his pursuit of his beloved, um, as, you know, the pursuit that takes place between deers, how the, the male deer is pursuing the, the female deer. And it is very much the same with humans. You know, we've got different, um, you know, we've got different relationships in our lives, but all of them start the same way. We are pursuing after that other person to try to relate to, whether it's a friend, whether it's um, siblings, or whether it's, you know, our partners in life, you know, husband and wife, and so on and so forth. Um, we are trying to extend that invitation to relate, and we are hoping that it is acknowledged, that it's received, and it's, it's accepted. You know, sometimes when those deer are running, the, the male stags are running after the, the females, trying to get them to notice them, you know, during the rutting season um, in, the, in the red deer, it takes place every October, um, October, um, kind of going into November every year, where the, the male stags will come out um, from hiding. They don't really like being seen all that often throughout the year, but they will come out in numbers, in force, they make themselves very visible, um, you know, they puff their chests, they start barking really loudly. If you walk down to Clarion National Park in October, you will hear them all day. You'll hear them barking and roaring, and that's them not only trying to size the other males up by the sound of their of their bellow, you know, the, it lets them know how big the other stag is by the sound of their bellow, but it also is trying to get the attention of the hinds, the female deer, and, you know, for that whole period, they spend their time pursuing these females, and you know they're trying to get them to acknowledge them. And 
for the lucky ones, they get acknowledged. And for the unlucky ones, they don't get acknowledged. You know, and for anyone, you know, here that, you know, that is married or whatever, there was a time in your life when you also were pursuing after that person. There was a time in your life when you were trying to relate to that person. You, just like the stag, you were puffing your chest and you were doing everything within your power to get that person to notice you. You know, and what, what a great feeling it was. You know, you can probably, you know, you might have to search deep down, some of you. But you, you should be able to remember that great feeling of when that invitation was acknowledged and accepted. You know, that, that feeling just made your world, all right? What about the poor, you know, spirit talk for the poor people where that, that acknowledgement doesn't come, right? You know what I mean? That, that acknowledgement doesn't come and, um, you feel like you just want the ground to swallow you up, swallow you up right there in front of you. Um, but that invitation to relate, it's extended in the hope that it's acknowledged, that it's received and accepted. And that's what God is doing here continuously throughout the Bible, throughout history. He has been extending his hand. He's been extending that that invitation to people to relate to him. He wants to have a relationship with them. God, you know, doesn't stay up in his throne in heaven. He came down here. He came down and walked in the garden with Adam. He actually came down, um, and when he was getting Noah to build the ark, he too was in the ark. You know, if you ever looked looked um, at, at when God is talking to Noah, he said, come here into the ark. You know, God was there with him. Okay, come into the ark. God was there with Noah. God was there with the people that he was trying to have a relationship with. He did not stay up in heaven. You know, he did not distance himself from creation. Like some people think that God just created things and left us at our own um, peril and, and demise and that his hands are not on this. No, God is directly involved with us. God is directly tied to this earth because he is trying to continuously relate to his creation. You know, and just like the deer who um, experienced that unreciprocated love from time to time, you know, is there any feeling worse than it? Possibly not, but yet people do it to God all the time. You know, continuously we look around at the people that are just not acknowledging that invitation from God to relate to them. You know, that, that, that invitation that God has extended towards them People just flat, flat out refuse to acknowledge that invitation back. They, they were refusing to have a relationship with God. You know, when, when people say they're atheists or when people say they're evolutionists or, you know, different religions or just not wanting God in their lives, what they're actually saying is they don't want to have a relationship with God. They don't want to have a relationship with God in their lives. There's plenty of people out there that might believed as a God out there somewhere, but they don't want to get close to him to know for sure. They don't want to get close to him to know more about them, know more about him because they don't want to have a relationship with him. They're not accepting that invitation that God has extended to them. And, you know, um, if we just if we just sat back, if, 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 if those people just sat back for a while, you know, and looked at what God was trying to do, you know, what God's mission is by extending that out, you know, God wants to have a relationship with them, a life, an eternal relationship. That's what God wants. You know, God doesn't want the relationship, 
you know, for a week or for a period of time or while we're good. Um, he's looking for an eternal relationship. He wants us to dwell with him for all eternity. When he created Adam, that was his plan, for Adam to dwell with him forever. He wanted Adam to dwell with him. Of course, we know Adam chose differently, but that's what God wanted to do. And God wants to relate to people. God wants to have a relationship with them. You know, God's offer to relate is never going to go away. You know, it's still there. But people are refusing to acknowledge him. People are refusing to acknowledge God's um, request to relate in life. You know, and when you, when, you, when you step back and just think about how amazing of a thing it is that God, right, the creator of the universe, is looking to have a relationship with me. You know, God owns the whole universe. He, he, he created all the stars. He's named all the stars. And yet, he wants to have a relationship with me. You know, how, how profound it is to know that, that God wants to have a relationship with little old me. And I think, you know, that's something that David constantly thought about. Especially so when he was in, in the wilderness, right? When he was spending time in the desert, when he was running around trying to escape from, from Saul and he was, you know, he didn't, um, have the safety of, of his home and, um, of his, of his full army and, and, you know, the, the people around him when he was fearing for his life. That's what he spent a lot of his time wondering about, you know, what am I that you want to actually spend time with me? You know, I'm, I'm nothing. You know, I'm, David viewed himself less, as, as less than dirt at times, and yet there was God still outstretching his hand trying to have a relationship with God, you know, or with David. God was in the cave with him. When David was there hiding for his life, um, and when Saul came in, and when, you know, the Bible tells us that David was so close to Saul that he could have easily killed him, there was a certain part inside of David, you know, and I believe that was God, I believe that was the Holy Spirit working in David, telling him, no, don't do this, you know, this is not right. Um, and that's what swayed David to make sure that Saul left there alive. That was God with him in the cave. And he, he, he writes about this con- constantly and, con- and consistently in the Psalms um, about God being there with him. And he was questioning that at all times in his life. Um, you know, from, from, from a young age right to the old age, David was constantly wondering, why are you, why do you want to have a relationship with me? You know, what, what makes me so great? What did I do that would warrant the creator of the universe to spend time with me? You know, such an amazing thing that is so profound. You know, a lot of the hymns that we sing, um, are written by, uh, various Christians throughout history that had those same thoughts, that sat down, took a minute just between themselves and looked around and thought, why is this such, why, why is this amazing creator? Why is this amazing God looking to spend time with me? That's such an amazing thing that God would want to have a relationship with us. You know, he's not looking for slaves. He's not looking for robots. He could have easily created us as robots, right? You know, where um, we would just simply do his every bidding without free will, right? But he didn't do that because he wants us to choose to be with him. He wants us to choose to have a relationship with him. Um, and, you know, 
we need to we need to constantly remind ourselves, just like David, how amazing that is. You know, not not to lose sight of just what exactly that means. That God wants to have a relationship with us. You know, that that is something that can it, it, its value can be on can be it's in, it's a, it's it's not able to be measured just how great that thought is that truth that god wants to have a relationship with us but it's a two-way street right we have to have a relationship with him in order for that relationship to exist you know god's request is there just like the male deer is there but unless the female hinds acknowledge it it's not going to go anywhere and it's the same with us we have to acknowledge that request. We have to want to relate back. We need to be like David and actually want to be with God. We, want, we need to be um, like David and want to be where God is. We want to be um, where God is going. We need to work in that relationship as well. You know, it's a two-way street. It's not going to work very well if we don't want the same thing. You know, we also need to desire a relationship with God. And that's what he's talking about here when he says that, you know, they shall be my people and I will be their God. Behind that verse, God is looking for them to want the same thing, that they would want him to be their God and that they would want to be his people. And it's the same with us today. God wants us to be his people. God wants us to be in a relationship with him. It's a two-way street. You know, secondly, relationships, they differ based on the, on the people involved and how we view those people. Relationships differ. We think about a husband and a wife, you know, parents and children, teachers and students, employers, employees, etc. You know, the, the types of relationships in our lives are are varied. There, there's many different types of relationships and they're all very different from each other because of the way that the, 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 the two parties view each other. Obviously, the way a husband and a wife view each other is very different from the way parents and children view each other. Um, they relate to each other differently because of how they view each other. Same with a teacher and student um, or employers and employees. You know, how we view the uh, person that relationship will dictate how that relationship kind of works. Um, and the closer we feel to the person, the closer our relationship to that person will be. You know, James 4 8 says to draw nigh unto God and you will draw nigh unto us, right? So the closer we are, or the closer we feel to that person, the closer our relationship will be with that person. And what do I mean by, you know, relationships being different based on how we view that person? Well, let's just compare God the Creator with God the Father, all right? When you look at God the Creator and you see the amazing things that God has done and you, you know, you, you take a moment to sit down and just to see the true greatness of God's creation, you know, you can go through Genesis chapter 1 and you can go verse by verse and see all the different things that God created right from the heaven and the earth to time to um, the stars also, the, the galaxies, um, the whole universe, the fruit-yielding, um, uh, you know, seas, the trees, the, the animals that he created, the, the life that he created that's able to replicate, um, the, you know, you examine just even 
the human body, you know, how amazing that is, all the different components that are, that are jointly fit together and that they work together to accomplish a, um, a, a given task and goal and that if those parts didn't work together, it wouldn't work. You know, you look at um, reproduction, conception, how babies um, come into life, all those individual little components that if one thing didn't happen at a very specific time, then that life would cease to come to be, right? There is things that work together, such small, intricate parts that God has created that when we examine them carefully, we see just how amazing he is, but also just how, you know, farther away from, from, from what we are, okay, that he can be. You know, there is, there is no comparison between us and him. You know, he is way up there, right? He is so big and so huge that, you know, David himself found, found, found himself in this exact same situation. Trying to relate him to God, the creator, is almost like an impossible task. We can never relate to God, the creator, because we can never do what he did, right? We can never create the, the awesome uh, things that he has done. And when we look at God, creator, we are constantly looking up at him, and we are just on our knees acknowledging just how big he is and how amazing he is, right? We, there is no end to the awesomeness of God. And when we look at God, the creator, we see just how big he is and how far away he is from us, right? You know, he's way up there. We cannot get to, to, to the place where God, the creator, is, right? He is just so big and so powerful. But then we look at God, the father, Right, God describes himself as wanting to be a father of Israel, a father to the children of Israel. And just like a father is, you know, a father will get down on his knees and get close to the children, get to eye level, right? When you're talking to your children, you want to get down to their level. Well, that's what God the Father did, right? When God came down um, as Jesus to come to us, he came to our level. When God wants to have a relationship with us as a father and a son or, a, or sons and daughters, God is coming down to our level. God, the creator, is coming down to something that's more closer to us, something that's more easily relatable to us. Okay, We can relate more easily to God, the father, than we can God, the creator, because we're closer to them. We're closer to God, the father. You know, um, you know, the Bible describes, you know, that, um, you know, that God wants us to, to look at him and, and, and cry out, you know, Abba, Father, you know, it's, it's something that's very tangible. We can really grab onto that. And God, when, when he, when he wants to establish that relationship with us as being a father to a son and a daughter, he's doing that on purpose. He's doing it because he knows that we can relate to that. All right. You know, when we look at God, the creator, and just how amazing he is, you know, we, we place God, the creator, up on that big pedestal, right? We're never going to get to him there. But when we look at God, the Father, and we see that God comes down to our level and that we can be right next to him, then that's something truly amazing. You know, we can relate to God, the Father, because we view him differently. We view God, the Father, differently than God, the creator. And... You know, when we view people in our lives differently, for example, our wives or, you know, our, our friends or our brothers and sisters, that's the difference. We view them differently, right? We, we have a different relationship with our, with our spouses because we view them differently to everyone else. 
we can relate to them, right? They're closer to us. We can relate to our spouse better than anyone else, even our own, even our own parents probably, because we're, we're actually closer to them. You know, we, we actually are closer to them. And that's what God the Father is, right? We can, we can relate to God the Father better and more easily than, than God the Creator because He's someone at our level. He's closer to us, alright? When we go, um, when we go praying to God, are we praying to God the Creator or are we praying to God the Father? Are we looking to spend, when we go, when we go spending time with God, are we spending time with God the Creator or God the Father? I believe we're spending time with God the Father because that's the one we can personally relate to. You know, God the Creator still has his place up here. He's created heaven and earth. He's created the heavens. He's created uh, space, time, matter. He's created me. He's created you. You know, but God the Father, that's that's my personal relationship with him, right? And you have a personal relationship with God the Father too. You know, God created all of us. But each and every one of us has has our own specific and unique relationship with God the Father. You know, we relate to God the Father ourselves differently from each other. It's unique, but that's the person we're relating to, God the Father. And it's because we view God differently depending on what aspect of God we are thinking about. So relationships differ based on, you know, how we view them. If we don't view God as someone that we can relate to or that we can get close to or someone that's our level then we're probably never going to relate to him and i believe that that's the problem with some christians is they don't look at god as someone that they can relate to personally and we need we need to make sure that we we're viewing god as someone that we can have a personal relationship with you know when we're talking about evangelism you know we, we we you know we often tell people that it's it's relationship not religion Right? Well, that's the relationship, isn't it? That we're relate, that we have a relationship with God the Father, because we know that we can, that we, that we view Him as someone that we can relate to. And we need to make sure that we constantly remember that, that we can relate to God the Father. So relationships differ based on the people involved and how we view them. And finally, relationships require certain things in order to work effectively. Relationships, they require certain things in order to work effectively. And it doesn't matter what relationship we think about, whether it's the husband and wife, the parent and children, the student and teachers, the employers and employees, friends, it doesn't matter. They all they all work the same way, and they all require the same things in order to work effectively. And the first thing is that it requires a desire. It requires a desire. What do I mean by that? Look there in verse 7, Jeremiah 24, verse 7, and it says, I will give them an heart to know me that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return unto me with their whole heart. Straight away, God here is revealing his desire that he wants them to be his people and he wants to be their God. But it says that I will give them an heart to know me. A heart. That's your desire, right? What is in your heart, what you love, that's what you will do. So you need to have a desire. If we have a deep love to spend time with our spouses and our children, then that's what we will do. If we do not have that that deep desire, then we won't do that. All right? We don't hang around with people that we don't want to hang around with. Right? You know, if you have any friends, it's probably because you like 
being around them. You don't want to spend time with someone you dislike. All right? You don't want to spend time um, with people that you don't have a desire to be around. And it's the same thing with our relationship with God. If we want to relate to God, we have to have that desire to want to relate to God. If we don't desire to, 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 to relate to Him, the relationship's going to go nowhere. Right? If we don't have that desire, how are we going to want to get close to Him? How are we going to, um, you know, um, draw near to Him if we don't want to draw near to Him? We need to have that desire. And I believe God knows this. God knows that we have to desire to be with Him. That's what He was saying here to the, to, um, to Jeremiah, that He was going to give them a heart to know me. He wants them to have that desire to draw closer to Him so that they can get to know Him better, so that they can have a better relationship with Him. Desire is key. You know, if we find ourselves not spending time with God, it's probably because we don't desire to spend time with Him. Alright? That desire is key. You know, um, just like, um, just like in the New Testament when, um, uh, you know, when, when it says that, you know, you know, I believe, but help my unbelief. You know, we should, you know, if we have problems with believing, then we should ask God to help us to believe. Well, it's the same thing with this desire, right? If we feel that we're not as close to God as we possibly can, then we need to ask God, give me that desire, God. Give me that um, deep burning um, passion in, in, inside my heart to be, to, to want to be closer to you. You know, we need to ask God for that desire. The relationship won't work if we don't have that desire. Secondly, we see um, that it requires knowledge. We see there just after that, I will give them a heart to know me. So he he's giving them a, he wants to give them a desire and a deep a deep burning desire to get to know him. All right. Without knowledge, the relationship will never work. All right. If if we don't know um, or we don't want to know about the other person, then how are we going to relate to them? All right. When you see when you see two people sitting together in a you know next to each other, whether it's in a you know uh, a queue in some office waiting for something, or a queue in the shopping market, a queue in the line to the coffee in the cafes, you know people don't talk to each other. Um, it's awkward, you know, just silence sometimes. And a lot of a lot of the time, it's because they don't know each other yet. You know, it's it's hard to kind of relate to someone when you don't know them. All right, and if you picture a husband and a wife in the same building, in the same room, you know, and they don't know each other, then, you know, what kind of relationship do you think they have? You know, is it going to be one that's very visibly, um, uh, you know, easily easily visible to people as something that's joyous, that they're happy, or is it kind of something that gives off the impression of awkwardness or, you know, that they're not close. You see, God, you know, knows that we need to get to know Him more. Just like we need to get to know our spouses more. We need to get our, we need to get our, get to know our children more. We need to get to know our parents more. All relationships is based on knowledge. We need to know what the other person likes, dislikes, cares about, values, what they want, what they don't want, where they're going, where don't they want to go. Knowledge. We have to have knowledge. And God knows this as well. I will give them a heart to know me. Um, you know, we need to dwell with our spouses according to knowledge, right? It's the same thing with God. God is a spouse to the church. 
We need to be dwelling with him in knowledge. We need to be getting to know him more and more. How do we get him to know him more and more? We go spend time in his word, right? It tells us everything we need to know about God. It's all in here. We, 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 we pray, we spend time with him, um, but mainly we look through the word and find out who is this God? What does he want for me? Um, what does he like? What does he dislike? Um, where is he going? Where does he want me to go? All of these things, they're all in the Bible, right? We just need to go read it. We need to go look at it. And we will, we will obtain that knowledge. So we'll have the desire and we'll have the knowledge. They're two critical components to making this relationship work with God. How can we relate to God? Thirdly, there needs to be agreement. Agreement. Amos 3.3 says, you know, can two walk together except they be agreed? Right? And it's the same thing with this relationship with God. You know, if we want to relate to God and have an effect, effective relationship with God, we need to be in agreement with God. Right? There is no way that we can have a good relationship with God if we are disagreeing with God on things. For example, there's plenty of Christians, um, so-called Christians, I don't know, I can't judge their heart, but you know, there's plenty of people around the world that don't hold the same views on certain subjects as God does, right? You know, they will, um, some people will say that it's okay to do a certain thing. Well, God said differently, right? Where's the agreement there? You know, there's plenty of so-called religions out there that are supposed to be Christians. They're in the bucket of Christianity. You know, they, they mention Christ and this, that, and the other, how close they are to them, you know, remains to be seen, but they still put themselves in the bucket of Christianity, and yet now, those same religions, just like the Catholic Church, they're even saying that, you know, Genesis, the creation, we don't take that as literal anymore, you know, that God didn't create the world in six days, and he didn't do everything they said in Genesis chapter one. Well, where's the agreement there? You know, how can you have a relationship with God, Mr. Catholic Church, if you don't agree that God created everything in six literal days, 24 period? Where's the agreement? There's none. And without agreement, how can that relationship work? Right? If, if the husband keeps saying to do something and the wife is saying the opposite thing, they're never going to get along. Right? I mean, they're going in two different ways. It's the same with parents and children. It's the same with the employer and the employee. If the employer is telling you to do something and you want to go do something else, you know, there's going to be a problem, right? You're going down two different paths here. You see, there's no agreement. And if there's no agreement, then that relationship is never going to work effectively. Over time, it will break down, it will fall apart. You know, and that's what God is looking for here for the people as well. That um, they shall be his people and that he will be their God. He wants them to be in agreement with him that he, that they want him as their God and that they want to be his people. And it's the same thing with us today. You know, we need to be in agreement with what God is telling us. You know, when we see something, uh, in, in the Bible telling us to look at a certain thing this way, to view it as bad, or to look at certain things and view it as good, that's what we should be doing, right? I mean, God, wants us to look at a certain thing that way, then that's what we should be doing. We should be in agreement with what God says. We shouldn't be trying to disagree with God because we have our own views on the matter. You know, our views on the matter shouldn't don't, don't matter, right? God, what, what God views the matter is, then that settles the matter, right? So we need, should, we need to be in agreement with God in order for this relationship with him to work. So we see desire, knowledge, and agreement. We also... 
see, you know, there, there needs to be patience and long-suffering in order for relationships to work. You know, God here in verse 7 is talking about bringing um, the captive of Judah back, that he will give them a heart to know him. Well, this is after years and years and years of people in, in, in Israel choosing to go away from him, choosing to disobey him and to break his laws and to do their own thing, um, you know, to live their life their own way, to go into the countries that they want to go and go do the things they want to do. You know, God has had a lot of patience with people. And I think he's still having patience now with us. How long that lasts, we don't know. There will come a time when that offer of grace is not going to be available anymore. But until that time, God has a lot of patience with us. He's had a lot of patience with them. And, you know, for, for a relationship to work, you know, God has extended patience with us. Well, we need to extend patience with him. When we go asking God for something and it's not happening straight away, you know, we can't be sitting down like uh, a little toddler and throwing the toys out of the pram because we're not getting our way, because God is not giving us what we want. And how often do we find ourselves doing that? That we are praying to God for something you know, and it's a good thing, and, you know, how often do we find ourselves getting frustrated that it's not happening? That God isn't giving us what we earnestly want. Well, we need to have patience. God will do it in his time if it's his will, and if it's not his will, he won't do it, right? But either way, we need to wait. We need to have patience. If we don't have patience with God and patience with his plan, then that relationship isn't going to work, okay? We need to have patience, and we need to have patience and long-suffering with everyone in our lives, all relationships, if we don't have patience and long-suffering with them, it will not work. If you don't have patience with your kids, problems will escalate very quickly. You know, they will test your patience. If you don't have patience with your employer, or the employer doesn't have patience with the employee, that relationship is going to work. Someone's going to get fired, okay? There's going to be problems. We need to have patience. We need to also have communication, all right? Every relationship needs to have communication. Without communication, the relationship isn't going to work. And God here is talking to Jeremiah. He's telling Jeremiah what he wants to do so that Jeremiah can then tell the others, tell, you know, relay that same message. That's where we have the Bible. God wants to talk to us. He actually went to the trouble of having people to write it down on ink, on paper, so that we could read it with our eyes. You know, it's available in audio format these days so that we can hear it too. And, you know, we can watch DVDs of it. It is there for our consumption. It's communicating. God is trying to tell us what he likes, what he dislikes, you know, where he's going, uh, where he wants us to go, what he wants us to do. God is communicating. And, you know, when marriages are going through issues, the first thing that's probably at fault is their communication. It's They're probably not communicating with each other. And if they, you know, sat down and tracked back the problems in their marriage, right back to the start, it'll probably come to a point where it's, you stopped communicating, all right? You probably had a fight, got angry with each other, and you stopped talking. And then from there, things got worse. And it's the same with all relationships in our lives, you know, estranged family members or, 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 or you know, or, or things like that. It's communication. The communication broke down. And God is constantly trying to talk to us through his word, through his Holy Spirit, that still small voice. And sometimes 
we don't talk back. All right, we 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 hear, but we don't want to talk back. You know, we don't want to acknowledge that. We don't want to spend time talking with God. You know, sometimes we uh, we're too busy. You know, we want to um, do our own thing or spend that time doing something else. Um, sometimes we just don't feel like doing it, or you know, sometimes we think we've got nothing to talk about. Well, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. All right. Once we start talking to God we'll find something to talk about, right? Once we start talking to God, all of a sudden we find we've got plenty of time, right? Because once we're talking to God, and we like talking to him, and, you know, it's, it's working, you know, the relationship is getting better here, then all of a sudden we find that now we're making time. We're, we're actually looking for more time to spend more time talking to him. And I think that's a big problem, is that we don't want to communicate back to God at times. And if we're not communicating back to him, if we're not you know, going to him to talk to him, you know, in in prayer, and just having that that open end of communication with him, that's when a relationship really starts to suffer. All right, that's when, you know, I can't point at any fingers, but I can point at myself. That when I spend less time talking with God, that's when my relationship with God starts to dwindle. All right, that's when I feel less close to him. That's when I feel like I don't know what he wants me to do or where he wants me to go or, you know, how am I going to solve this problem or take care of this situation. It's because I haven't been spending time talking with him. And as soon as I take the time to talk with him and communicate back to him, then all of a sudden those answers start coming, you know, the feelings get better and, you know, my overall walk with God gets better. It's because I've communicated back and, you know... God is looking for the Israelites here to be his people and to be able to communicate back to him. And he's the same with us. We need to have that open line of communication with him. And finally, you know, it takes effort. It takes effort for a relationship to work effectively. Um, you know, we see the desire and God is going to put that into the, into the Israelites here. You know, we see the, the need for knowledge. God is going to give them the desire to chase after that knowledge, right? To pursue that knowledge. You know, we see that uh, we need to have agreement. You know, we need to agree with God. We need to have patience in our Christian life with God. We need to be able to communicate with Him. And we also need to, you know, we need to acknowledge the fact that there needs to be effort in order for that relationship to work. You know, God is putting in the effort here by extending out um his, his, his request here, you know, to relate to these people, he's putting in the effort by saying that I will gather them, I will, I will bring them back, I will set my eyes upon them for good, I will bring them again to this land, I will build them and not pull them down, I will plant them and not pluck them up. You see here, God, in, in verse 6 alone, there's a lot of I wills coming from God. I will do this and I will do that. That's an action. That's an effort. Right? It's it's something that God is doing or choosing to do in order to make that relationship work. Right? It's the same with us. You know, we need to have uh, those same kind of sentences. I will set my eyes upon God. You know, I will um, spend time with God. I will communicate, talk with God. I will um, do what God wants me to do. There needs to be a lot of I wills in our life. Right? There needs to be some effort on our part. It's no good if God is doing all the hard work in the relationship. If we're not doing the hard work as well to get just as close to God, then 
that relationship is never going to be as strong as it can be. It requires effort. We need to put it in. You know, you don't want to get out of the relationship what you put in, right? Well, if we find that our relationship with God is, you know, below par, and it's not up here, it's not because of God's fault, it's because of our fault, right? We're not putting in that effort. We're not putting in that, 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 that needed effort to get up to where God is, all right? God is up here looking down on us and he's saying, come up to me, you know, and we need to take that challenge, right? We need to put in the effort to get closer to him, to, you know, whatever it takes to get closer to God, whether that's, um, you know, getting away from the world for a while or, um, you know, spending more time in prayer, uh, reading the Bible more, um, who knows, there's probably many things, but whatever it is in our, in each and every one of our own lives, that's what we need to do, all right? We need to put in that extra effort to get closer to God. So we need to have that desire, we need to um, have that knowledge, we need to get to know God more, we need to agree with God, of course, um, you know, we need to be patient, you know, in our Christian life, um, as he's leading us here and there, and we don't know exactly where it is he's leading us as we take that initial step. We need to communicate with God, we need to talk to him and spend time with him, and we need to put in that effort, right? If we do those things, if we do those things in any of our relationships in our lives, the relationships will be stronger as a result, and especially so with our relationship with God. If we do those things, you know, if we have that desire, if we have that knowledge, if we agree with God, we have patience with him, if we communicate with him, and if we're willing to put in the effort, then our relationship with God will be as good as it can possibly be. There will be no better than it. If we're doing all those things, we'll be there. We'll be after reaching that high mark that Paul was talking about. We'll be after running that race. You know, so, you know, as a challenge to ourselves, you know, how's, how's our relationship with God? You know, when we look in the mirror, you know, how's our relationship with God? Let's identify one area where we feel our relationship with God is lacking and work on that this week. All right? Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer.